Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Patek. It is Fantastic Fellows Friday, and I want to do something a little different. I want to talk about my home state of Pennsylvania and the drama between the different representatives that are representing Pennsylvania. I want you to listen to two different sides of everything. You know, there was a big ordeal last Wednesday at the Capitol when they were trying to certify President Biden's election. And we had a Pennsylvania representative trying to block the certification. But I was glad that we had another person coming out later talking to them named uh, Connor Lamb and he just kind of put it out there so I want you guys to listen to the block of the vote and then I want you to listen to Connor Lamb but first I'm going to talk about the founding of the state of Pennsylvania because as a Pennsylvanian I'm in Georgia now but it's interesting to read about how our state was even discovered because in nine, excuse me, in 1677, you know, I found an article at www.ushistory.org, and it talks about the founding of Pennsylvania. And this is what it says: in 1677, they're talking about William Penn, the founder. Uh, he chance came as a group of prominent Quakers among them. Penn received the colonial province of West North Jersey, half of the current state of New Jersey. The same year, 200 settlers from the towns of Corley Wood and Rickmansworth in Hertfordshire and other towns in nearby Buckinghamshire arrived and founded the town of Burlington. William Penn who was involved in the project, but himself remained in England, listen to what I'm saying, drafted the Charter of Liberties for the Settlement. He guaranteed free and fair trial by jury, freedom of religion, freedom for unjust imprisonment, and free elections. Now, the reason why I wanted to read that, because that's literally what it says on this website, but I wanted to let people realize that we had a lot going on back then where our state of Pennsylvania was founded and named after a person who was not, uh, who was from England. You know, you read about the English colonies and stuff. And not only was he from England and born in England, he actually died in England. And it said that in 1681, King Charles II handed over a large piece of his North American land holdings along the North Atlantic Ocean coast to William Penn to pay the debts that the king had owed Penn's father. This land included the present-day states of Pennsylvania and Delaware. So William Penn immediately set sail and took his first steps on American soil sailing up the Delaware Bay and Delaware River, past earlier Swedish and Dutch riverfront colonies in Newcastle, now in Delaware. And I know we got a Newcastle, Pennsylvania, so I'm guessing that means it's split. That's interesting. In 1682, 
on this occasion, the colonists pledge allegiance to William Penn as their new proprietor. You know, I just was really amazed to actually hear that our state, I mean, I know America was found by Europeans and all that, even though it wasn't really found by them because the Native Americans were here before anybody. Everybody seems to forget that part. But I didn't realize that our state was named after a person from England. And then it's funny because on November 28, 1984, Ronald Reagan, President Reagan at the time, upon an act of Congress by Presidential Proclamation 5284, declared William Penn and his second wife, Hannah Collahill Penn, each to be a honorary citizen of the United States. That's crazy to me. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to just talk about the state of Pennsylvania and how it really kind of acted out with this certification of President Biden. And I want you to hear the difference. And I want people from Pennsylvania to remember all this when it's time to reelect these officials and see how far they would really go. Because the fact is, there was a major, major domestic terrorist act committed last Wednesday at the Capitol. And we literally had a Pennsylvania... Well, the funny thing is, the people who were all up in arms about stopping certification, some of them weren't even from Pennsylvania. They were just trying to make a name for themselves. But we had one person representing Pennsylvania who was, he, he was up and, and, and waiting, but he needed a senator. And that's where the ones not from Pennsylvania came in. I'm not even going to mention his name because he's an idiot. And I am going to say that he's an idiot. He was thinking it would get him some power. But I hope the people in his state make sure he is not reelected. You know, I like I said, I just wanted to read the background of Pennsylvania. And I just wanted to have the people of Pennsylvania start thinking about things after the fact of this 2020 election and start gearing for the re-election re of a lot of people. Because as you remember, I did an episode where we had a representative that was telling us the games and the trickery that they were up to. And I also made sure that in one of the meetings for the state representatives, there was literally a uh, not too nice, I, I guess that's the best way to say it, argument where the representative, his name is Malcolm Kenyatta, he, he just called him to the table. And a lot of the things that were happening with this lack of certification of Joe Biden, this was all the Republicans doing, and now they're trying to blame the Democrats for this. So being from the state of Pennsylvania, I want to just uh, talk about some of these guys are fantastic fellows, but of course you have the ones that are not, but it's all Pennsylvania related. So I just wanted to, to play this and just kind of get this off my chest because I'm really pissed off about it. But as we know, the news just keeps changing. So I have to keep changing my subjects. So hopefully after uh, President Biden's inauguration, things will calm down a little bit 
and we could talk about community things, things for um, betterment, things to fight injustice, things to fight inequality, racism, the systemic racism. I want to really focus on those things, but we have to remember, like we talked about in the election, your vote at the local level matters because these are the people that, believe it or not, they are really sent to represent you in spite of the fact, as it has been pointed out many, many times, a lot of these people are Ivy League schoolers and have money and really don't care about the average person. But I am really proud of one of the Pennsylvania representatives. Like I said, he he really kind of put him in check, and his name is Connor Lamb. And it was funny because when he was running, I was listening to how he got some of the Republican voters to switch over and vote for him because he was talking about things that matter to them. And that's one of the things that we, we've talked about throughout previous episodes. We need to start electing people who say and do things that matter to us, not go as it's been because things are changing. Voters are changing, they're getting younger, they're getting more um, in, in tune to what's really happening. And you can't just automatically assume if you're a Democrat that minorities are going to vote for you. If you're a Republican, uh, the rural areas are going to vote for you or the rich are going to vote for you. We need to make these politicians start realizing we're going to vote for you if you're in our best interest, whether you're black, white, Asian, uh, whatever you are, whatever your race is, and whatever your party is. Because as I always mention to people, I'm an independent voter, so I'm going to vote for who's in my best interest, not because of their race and not because of their party. And I think we need to do a little more of that after what we've seen in the last four years, we can see that a lot of people are worried about their own personal gain, and we need to keep those people out of the politicians' offices. We need to not elect them as senators or congresspeople because they are supposed to be there to represent the people, not just their people. And before I let you listen to these gentlemen that I'm talking about, well, I won't call them gentlemen, uh, the men, because I don't think much was general about one of them. I wanted to read something. As I said, I found this uh, online, and it said, as one of the earlier supporters of colonial unification, William Penn wrote and urged for a union of all the English colonies and what was to become the United States of America. The Democratic principles that he set forth in the Pennsylvania frame of government served as an inspiration for the members of the convention framing the new constitution of the United States in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1787. Now, before I let you guys listen to what uh, Mike Pence is saying when it comes to the state of Pennsylvania as they're certifying the votes, they're going alphabetically and there's a lot of commotion going on. I want to read a quote from William Penn, and this is so ironic. This was written hundreds of years ago, and look at what's happening right now. And he's quoted as saying, if thou wouldst rule well, Thou must rule for God, and to do that, thou must be ruled 
by him, meaning God. Those who will not be governed by God will be ruled by tyrants. Look up the word tyrant if you don't know what that means. Or you may see Donald Trump's picture right beside it. I don't know. But that was irony that he wrote this several hundred years ago. But I want to play now Mike Pence as we're getting ready to hear people from the state of Pennsylvania object the certification of Joe Biden. Libertarians advise it's the only certificate of vote from the state that purports to be a return of the state has annexed to it a certificate from an authority in the state purporting to appoint and ascertain electors. Mr. President, the certificate of the electoral vote of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Joseph R. Biden Jr. of the state of Delaware received 20 votes for president, and Kamala D. Harris of the state of California received 20 votes for vice president. For what reason does the gentleman from Pennsylvania rise? Mr. President, sadly but resolutely, I object to the electoral votes of my beloved Commonwealth of Pennsylvania on the grounds of multiple constitutional infractions that they were not, under all of the known circumstances, regularly given. And on this occasion, I have a written objection signed by a senator and 80 members of the House of Representatives. Yeah. Is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, Mr. President, it is. An objection presented in writing and signed by both a representative and a senator complies with the law. Chapter 1, Title 3 of the United States Code. The clerk will report the objection. We, a United States Senator and members of the House of Representatives, object to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Pennsylvania on the ground that they were not under all of the known circumstances regularly given. Signed, Josh Hawley, United States Senator, Scott Perry, Member of Congress. Are there further objections to the certificates from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? The chair hears none. The two houses will withdraw from joint session. Each house will deliberate separately on the pending objection and report its decision back to the joint session. The Senate will now retire to its chamber. That's some foolishness bull crap. Now, I was laughing because I just read how William Penn was given Pennsylvania and Delaware. I believe things happen for a reason. And look at Joe Biden. He just happened to be from where? <laughs> Delaware. So, I want you guys to listen to Connor Lamb, and he is not playing. He represents the state of Pennsylvania very well. Here's more of Connor Lamb on the House floor last night. I want to point out to all these great lovers and supporters of the Pennsylvania legislature that it was the Republican Pennsylvania legislature that passed a Republican bill that they all voted for and supported that set up the system under which we just ran the election and that the reason the president lost was because he was not as popular as other republicans in our state he got fewer votes than all of them 
Joining us now is Congressman Connor Lamb, Democrat from Pennsylvania. He's a former Marine and a former federal prosecutor. Uh, Congressman Lamb, thank you very much for joining us last night. Uh, I was uh, watching on C-SPAN so as not to miss anything on the floor uh, when you came on. What happened? The C-SPAN camera doesn't show us what happens when all those members started moving across the room, moving toward each other. Uh, were Republicans coming at you? Were they, were they going at someone else? What was going on? I don't know what their intentions were, um, but when they crossed the center aisle, they ran right into a man named Colin Allred, who used to play linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, and uh, is a good friend and a, a good man, and, and uh, they didn't move any further past him. So <laughs> I think they changed their mind real fast when they saw what was in their path. Oh, I noticed uh, Carson Swalwell sitting behind you and others. Uh, kind of got up and sort of ran. I mean, they move faster than you see people move in that chamber uh, in the direction of where the Republicans seem to be going. Uh, and uh, and this was all because of you using the word lie and saying that what they were doing was lying. Yeah, I would say it was all because of their own actions and how thin-skinned they turned out to be. Um, I don't think that there's anything they could say about me that would cause me to run over to their side of the room like that. Um, but, you know, that was what they chose to do and how they chose to react. And, and they were trying to hide from the truth. You know, that is, as you probably saw, you know, if you watch my speech, that was a very difficult thing for me to say and a hard speech to give because um, I actually do respect a lot of those men. And I think they're good men on the other side of the aisle. But last night was a night where, it was obvious that they were blinding themselves to the reality of the situation that we were in and what the story they were telling had done. I mean, that story, regardless of who invented it, propagated the most, who is most to blame, anyone telling that story last night was contributing to the violence that happened there yesterday. It's just how it was, and it had to be said. You had hours uh, to think about what you were going to say. Uh, you had a speech planned that was going to be all about the details of the Pennsylvania vote, uh, details that have been lied about nonstop uh, by Donald Trump and others. Uh, when you had the time to think about this and you got up there, uh, how did that invasion of the House and what you experienced during the day, uh, the, own, the, the danger to your colleagues and yourself, how did that affect what you had to say when you stood up? I think it meant that, um, it, you know, I had to, I had to try to address the, the feelings that, that we were all having about, to me, about the way that the institution was just completely desecrated by those people yesterday. I mean, that was the, the feeling I had, you know, and a lot of the younger members of Congress who were there, we ran for office in the Trump era. We knew this wasn't going to be pleasant. We knew that Congress is not a popular institution and it was probably at a low an all-time low, um, but we believed enough in it to try to rebuild it. And after what we saw yesterday, you know, I wanted to communicate to people exactly how low the whole thing had sunk and exactly how dedicated we were um, to coming back stronger than ever in rebuilding Congress and making it work. And, and to do that, I just thought it required honesty about what was going on. And, and those men needed to hear it. And you notice they reacted very differently um, to my speech than others that said similar things to them because I'm not someone that would normally say that to them. I, I avoid 
trying to call anyone a liar in this business because my own constituents have told me they, when two politicians start calling each other liars, they assume everybody's lying. Um, but last night was a, it was a moment of truth, uh, based on what it, I mean, our capital was invaded. It was a moment not for Democrats and Republicans, but for Americans, uh, to defend, you know, the very place that we were. Uh, you said the truth hurts. I imagine the experience of that day hurt also. Look, I think it hurt a lot of people. Uh, anybody watching at home, I mean, people revere this nation's capital. They still believe in our form of government. They really do. It doesn't matter who they voted for it in November. Uh, we just had a record number of people vote, you know, 155 million in the middle of a pandemic. And so, again, I, I really don't think, um, you, you know, you have to be very partisan uh, to look at yesterday and, and be insulted the way we would be if we had been invaded by a foreign power. I mean, there were there were essentially foreign flags, Trump flags being posted and hung uh, from some of the most sacred square inches of ground in the United States. Um, and, and the way it felt to me and the way it felt to a lot of us was that we had to stand up for what that place is about. And we had to deliver that message loud and clear so that uh, our, the people we represent know we've got their back. We're protecting this institution. We're not going to give up. And no matter how passionate you think those people are, we are more passionate and, and we will be going forward. Congressman Connor Lamb, thank you very much for your words in the middle of the night last night and for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Now that's on the Lawrence O'Donnell show. And I saw that last week and I, I recorded it because I wanted to talk about it. And <laughs> I'm so sick of talking about politics. It's just too much going on. But I, there's certain things you just have to cover. So, you know, I want to give a shout out to Connor Lamb and uh, Malcolm Kenyatta, both, <coughs> excuse me, both out of the state of Pennsylvania for telling the truth and telling the people who would not know what was really going on, what's going on. And it's so funny how the Republicans literally just did all this in Pennsylvania and then tried to lie about it. And that was what Representative Kenyatta was talking about. And if you go back to one of my episodes where it's strictly about him, you can hear some of his interviews. And I actually played the live meeting that was going on. And he was literally trying to kick uh, Representative Kenyatta out of the meeting with security, which was ridiculous. But... He was telling the truth and they didn't want to accept that they lied and planted all this. And this is horrible that our politics have gone to this extreme. So I'm hoping with the new uh, administration, we get things back on track. And what I want to do, you know, the, re the, the comedians, you know, they've had a lot to talk about for the last four years. But I saw a clip where all of the main uh, late night comedians other than Trevor Noah. I didn't, he wasn't part of this group, but I know he said some things against it too, but it's uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Stephen Colbert and James Cor Corbin. I may have missed someone, but I think those are the four that are talking about it in a serious manner. 
And I want to close out this episode with that because we need to really get it together and put the United back in the States of America. I want you to hear this from them. Enough is enough is enough. And I believe that's what a majority of this country has been saying, has been screaming for a long time now. Enough is enough. What a crazy, sad day. A day that will go down as a dark one in the, in the long history of America. There are some dark subjects that we talk about on the show occasionally, but I've rarely been as upset as I am tonight. This was one of those days that I always assumed was behind us. This is not the sort of thing that I ever imagined would happen in this country in my lifetime. We can be shocked, but we can't be surprised. The president wanted this. He directed it, supported it, he incited it, and encouraged it. TV's late-night hosts weigh in after violent riots break out at the U.S. Capitol. It has been an extraordinary day. Congressional leaders have pleaded for President Trump to call off the protesters. On Wednesday, a large gathering of pro-Trump supporters breached Capitol security and entered the building, forcing lawmakers into hiding while the joint session of Congress to ratify Joe Biden's election win was temporarily suspended. Later that evening, late-night hosts Jimmy Kimmel, James Corden, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, and Seth Meyers all made special remarks, addressing the shocking events in their opening monologues, calling out President Donald Trump for inciting violence, and condemning the action of the rioters. This is what happens when there's no peaceful transition of power and what happens when there's bad leadership. This is not how you lose. If my grandfather were alive today and saw what was happening in the country that he fought for, he'd be disgusted. People walking around with the flag upside down, thinking they're patriotic. Today was not patriotism. Today was terrorism. Jimmy Fallon opened up The Tonight Show assuring his viewers that we'll be okay and that the actions of the day do not reflect what America is all about. Today was a disgrace. Today was disappointing. But sadly, today was not a surprise. But it's important to remember that this is not who we are. I assure you, there are more good people than there are bad. And good will prevail. James Corden opened up on The Late Late Show about growing up in England and how he used to look to America as a beacon of light and possibility. Today, people across the world would have looked at these pictures from Washington and they would have wondered what on earth has happened to this great country. But I truly believe and make no mistake that they know that the America that they admire still exists. They know that the America that so many aspire to will be back. It's just been hijacked by a lunatic and his crazy army for the last four years. But that's about to end. And he encouraged his viewers to stay hopeful. And in two weeks on those same steps where that mob fought and pushed past the police, the people who encouraged and instigated that violence, Donald Trump, his children, Rudy Giuliani, they're all going to need a tourist pass to get in because they've lost the presidency, they've lost the house, and now they've lost the Senate. Today was their last dance at the worst party any of us have ever been to. So if you can, have hope. I really do believe that there are better times ahead. 
And while Corden ended his message on a positive note, Stephen Colbert kicked off the Late Show, telling his fans he's rarely been as upset as he was on Wednesday. Republicans who supported this president, especially the ones in the joint session of Congress today, have you had enough? After five years of coddling this president's fascist rhetoric, guess whose followers want to burn down the Reichstag? Because today, the U.S. Capitol was overrun for the first time since 1814, and a woman died. Who could have seen this coming? Everyone, even dummies like me. This is the most shocking, most tragic, least surprising thing I've ever seen. Jimmy Kimmel also took aim at Donald Trump for encouraging his followers to hit up the Capitol earlier in the day at a rally he held, where he claimed the 2020 presidential election had been stolen and that he was the rightful winner, despite no evidence to substantiate his repeated baseless claims. The president of the United States, because he is too angry, too insecure, and too incompetent to deal with the fact that he lost an election, a fair election, an election that was no different than any other election, an election he lost by 7 million votes and 70 electors, turns an angry mob against members of Congress and his own vice president, not to mention endangering the Capitol Police, those blue lives he claims matter so much to him. And Kimmel, he didn't stop there. And the wildest part is these MAGA marchers think Donald Trump cares about them. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your life or your wife or your job or your health care or the air you breathe or the water you drink. He cares about himself and only about himself. Unless you were pushing a lawnmower, he wouldn't let you into his golf club. He'd roll his limo right over you to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. As for Seth Meyers, he put all jokes aside for the night on his show, Late Night. Pluralistic democracy is fragile and precious, and it requires our vigilant stewardship and protection. And anyone not willing to forward that project with the fullness of their effort must be shamed and disgraced and removed from office. And that must start immediately with Donald Trump. We are going to try our best tonight to process what happened. I promise, I promise if you come back tomorrow, we will have jokes. Well, enough said. I just wanted to end that just with some seriousness from the comedians who have had four years, really five years of major, major jokes. As a matter of fact, Stephen Colbert had a show on Showtime, it was a cartoon called Our Cartoon President. My sister turned me on to it. I had never heard of it, but I'm not going to lie. That is funny. I don't know if it still come on, but if it does, check it out. So I just wanted to um, end this week with the Pennsylvania note. We have one more week to go <laughs> for the inauguration. So hang in there, everybody. And... We will get into more fun, interesting, and activism things. We got to stay uh, active. We got to make sure we hold people accountable. And we will do that in 2021. So i like to end all my uh, podcast episodes asking you to reach out to us any way you'd like to. You can give us a call at 404-855-7723. You can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 
at gmail.com. We ask that you follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A is in Advocacy, capital L is in Ladies. And please follow us. We are on all the podcast apps, including Apple, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Pandora, and um, Alexis TuneIn. I'm sorry. I always be trying to remember all the different uh, apps we're at. And of course, Podbean is my hosting app. And one of the things I want to close out with, you know, it's Friday. It's literally Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And being in the city of Atlanta around this time, it's just, I don't know, it's such a proud moment. And I just want to just give a shout out to my African-American listeners and say you should be proud of what you have accomplished as far as being a major voice in the politics this last year and in the future, because we are always considered people to don't care enough or don't vote. And I think that we have proven in 2020 that we're not playing, we're paying attention, we're doing research. And as I tell you always, definitely do your research. You know, I want you guys to start doing your own research. Don't listen to the media um, if you're not sure. Don't listen to me if you're not sure. I encourage research. And with Martin Luther King's birthday being today, but the holiday being on Monday, January 18th, I ask that you guys, any all races, think about this weekend. What America do you really want? And those that are listening, I know I have listeners in different countries. Think about the America that you would respect. You know, we are always the country of respect. And um, the last couple years, we've been the country of jokes. So, you know, with Martin Luther King holiday coming up, his birthday's today. Happy birthday. But the holiday's Monday. Maybe this weekend would be a good weekend of reflection. And so I just challenge you to just reflect on everything. You, we still got COVID going on. And unfortunately, some people still don't believe it's real. We have the vaccine moving too slow. Hopefully next week, the new administration will definitely speed that up so we can get to where we can go back outside and feel a little more normalcy because it's, it's a strain on your mental. I got that. Mine too. And it's a strain on our essential workers. So bravo once again for all the essential workers, not just in the hospitals, but in the restaurants and the grocery stores and all the stores that we go into. Because if it wasn't for you guys, we couldn't even shop or eat out or eat or we couldn't do anything. So I want to just say that I'm thankful for all the essential workers and 99% of you out there working are essential workers because you're keeping things moving for those of us that either cannot work or are working from home. So thank you. And I want to end my episodes as always with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.